Well, good morning, Bethel. It's a joy to be with you this morning. As you can imagine, I have quite the task this morning to preach a service within a service. And that's kind of complicated because people have been convicted already and have given their life to Jesus already. And so now I get to do it all over again to you. So with that being said, once again, my name is Dexter Harris. I've been attending Bethel for about two years. And once again, it is a joy and an honor to be bringing God's word to you this morning. Our objective this morning is to explain how do we glorify God. Once again, our objective is to understand how do we glorify God. So if you would turn to John chapter 15, we're going to start at verse 5 and we're going to end at verse 8. And we're going to turn to John as John is going to help us answer the question, how do we glorify God? And help us to articulate that question, how do we glorify God? John chapter 15. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my word abide in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Bethel, we glorify God by bearing fruit. We find this to be so in verse 8. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Verse 8 is where we find the purpose of our passage. This verse will drive the sermon this morning, so I would encourage you not to lose sight of it. Consider, if you will, the urgency of Jesus to fulfill his mission. Jesus was betrayed by one of his closest friends a few chapters earlier, and he is nearing the end of his earthly ministry. It is at this point he chooses to spend his last critical moments with his disciples. We find in this verse that he wants them to understand the purpose of their relationship to glorify God. Bethel, this is also our purpose to the Son, that is to glorify God by bearing fruit. The purpose of our life is to bring glory to God. If bearing fruit is the consummation of this ultimate goal, the question is now, how do we do that? Bear fruit. This is accomplished in two ways. First, we're going to see how we bear fruit by abiding in Christ. Let me say that again. First, we're going to see how we bear fruit by abiding in Christ. Second, we're going to see how we bear fruit by Christ abiding in us. So us abiding in Christ and Christ abiding in us. So let's take this one at a time. Let's start with we bear fruit by abiding in Christ. Christ informs us of this in verse 5. Whoever abides in me, he it is that bears much fruit. It is essential that we understand what abide means, being that it is mentioned several times within this chapter. Abide means to remain or to stay, to continue or to dwell. How does a believer abide in Christ? It is by the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit simultaneously connects and keeps us in Christ. In this way, the believer is filled with the life of Christ. So the Holy Spirit comes and he indwells us. And through the Holy Spirit, we are now filled with the life of Christ. The Holy Spirit keeps us in Christ by first opening our eyes to our dependency of him. In verse 5, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So the first thing that the Holy Spirit wants the believer to understand is that his dependency and his need on the Son of God, so that his faith is inclined to Jesus Christ. And so that we understand deeply and richly that apart from the Son of God, we can do absolutely nothing. Let us feel that and let us know that. Also, the Holy Spirit keeps us abiding by helping the believer to understand that this life is not his own, that we have been bought with a price. The Holy Spirit opens the believer's eyes to understand that this life is not my own, but this life belongs to another, namely Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit works to strip you of yourself and spares you from the consequences of resuming that life begins with you. It is important that we understand Christ is our life, as Paul says in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul understood deeply and richly that the life that he was living out was Christ in him. The hope of glory. Now, this dependency and this understanding that, that, that Christ is our life overflows into a desire to keep Christ's commandments. Obedience is essential to abiding in Christ. Therefore, the Holy Spirit cultivates obedience in the believer that permits us to remain in Christ. No one remains in Christ by being rebellious towards him. We remain in Christ by being obedient and submissive to his lordship. When we walk in submission to the Lord, we experience more of his life, his love, his goodness, and fruit in our lives. As the psalmist says in chapter 119, For I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. As we obey Christ, as we submit to Christ, we find out that all of his ways and all of his commandments are not against us, church, but that his commandments are for us and for our protection. And that's what I like to call an aha moment when we finally realize what the law is there for and what his commandments are there for. Bethel Christ becomes our joy as we trust, depend, and obey him. The more we desire Christ, the more we want to abide in him. The Holy Spirit works in us to cultivate a joy for the person of Christ. Our hearts are continually drawn to this fountain of joy, and we willingly remain in him so that we become, Christ becomes our treasure, Christ becomes our joy. And what more else, who we will want to dwell amongst beside the one who we take ultimate joy in, which is Jesus Christ. Let's turn to this joyous Christ. This brings me to point two. We bear fruit by Christ abiding in us. Fruit comes from the life of Christ in the soul of man. It is the power and essence of Christ that produces fruit in a believer's life. In Hosea 14, 8, God says, 
I am like an evergreen cypress. From me comes your fruit. So all of the love and all of the joy and all of the self-control and all of the faithfulness that the believer experiences in his life is coming through this mass of Christ inside of him. And he is working his life through us. And so it is Christ that causes you to bear fruit. Christ's life is so powerful, it naturally overflows outward from where he dwells. His life must break through anything he abides in, namely by producing fruit. Christ abides in us by the Spirit. We abide in Christ by the Spirit, and Christ also abides in us by his Spirit. Therefore, if anyone will produce fruit, they must be born again. It is in the new birth that Christ takes residency via the Spirit. The Spirit does not reside in you to sit on the sofa of your heart, but he is actively working to produce fruit within the believer. Bethel, we find an example of what fruit is in Galatians 5, 22-23. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. The Spirit opened our hearts to more truth in God's word, and we behold Christ more clearly. His likeness becomes more desirable, and we take on more of his likeness from one degree to the next. The outward expression of this is defined as Christ-like character. So as we meditate on the word of God, as we enjoy the word of God, the Holy Spirit illuminates the believer's heart so that we see the reflection of Christ, we behold Christ, and we become more like him. Ultimately, we become what we worship. And hopefully this morning, that is Jesus Christ. Church, this is why it is so vital that Christ's word abides in us. Christ enables himself to dwell in us more richly through his living and abiding word. That the Christ has made his home in us who believe and is continually unpacking, transferring, dispensing, remitting who he is to our understanding. By the spirit, he admits all things that will try to lock him out from your heart and from him abiding in you. Why? Because Jesus plans to abide in us forever. As Philippians 4.13 says, For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. It is God abiding in you that keeps you abiding in God. I'm going to say that one more time because I want that to hit home. It is God abiding in you that keeps you abiding in God. So what do we do with these two points? Abiding in Christ, Christ abiding in us. How do we picture this? How do we see this, church? How do we bring these two points together? Consider the illustration of the text, if you will. I am the vine, you are the branches. The vine is the life source of the branches. The branches are supplied with strength and beauty as they are connected to the vine. The fruit of the branches is the result of the life flowing from the vine. If the branches abide in the vine and the vine in the branches, it is fruitful. Christ is the divine vine. He is life, eternal, always was the great I am. We are the branches 
lacking, wanting, and empty and needy without him. He is the source of the believer's strength and beauty. The believer can do all things through Christ who strengthens him. By abiding in Christ, in Christ in us, we are fruitful like the abiding branches. By this, God is glorified when we bear much fruit. How do we glorify God? We talked about abiding in him, him abiding in us. Up arise in our soul this need, this want to carry this out. I want to glorify God. I want to abide in him so that I can produce fruit. How do we apply this to our lives as we walk out of, out of the church door, doors today? How do we apply this? Now, I know the natural inclination in this room is to try hard to bear fruit. I got to get some joy about myself. I got to get some self-control about myself. I got to get some happiness about myself. I got to get some faithfulness about myself. And you see, by the time you're done doing that, you've been lost your joy and have to start all over again. <laughs> Unlike a Christmas tree, we have not been cut off from the life source. Fruit are not like ornaments. We don't tie them on to our lives. But we are connected to Christ. Therefore, we naturally produce fruit. So, my friends, let me encourage you to cling to Christ, to love Christ, and to know him deeply. The natural result of any branch in this divine vine is always life, without exception. Christ is our Savior. He came to redeem us from the curse of the law that he might bring us back to God. Can we imagine dwelling with another so richly and so deeply? Abiding in Christ is not hard. Abiding in Christ is pleasurable. We abide in him because he is infinitely desirable. We abide in him because he is infinitely admirable. We abide in him because he is infinitely valuable. We abide in him because he is infinitely enjoyable. We abide in him because he is infinitely satisfying. Come, all you branches who need life, and Christ will give you life. And remain, all you branches who now abide, and Christ will continue to give you life. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, God, for Jesus Christ. We thank you for our connection to him. Lord, we know apart from him, we can do nothing. Lord, we pray, God, that you would just continue to change us and use us to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.